Hey everybody, welcome back to Engaging the Phenomenon. Uh, this is like our second episode back since my hiatus. I'm uh, really glad to be back. I'm, I'm, I appreciate all the feedback from everybody. Uh, but today we have uh, a great guest, up and comer, uh, Sam Tupacabra. Welcome, buddy. Thanks, Sam. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, a lot of people, at least on the UFO Twitter side, um are gonna are gonna be familiar with a lot of your stuff that circulates like wildfire now the a lot of the short clip videos you do um but uh, just just to get started really uh your name is sam handle tupacabra so where, yeah. where's that from uh i i literally just made it up uh like in like 10 years ago i was goofing around you know i was hanging out with a friend and i just drew it on a napkin and i thought it was really funny and on my website, you can see the original drawing. Uh, and it's just, uh, I just thought it was super funny. And then I kept the drawing for a minute. And then when I started to engage with, with UFO Twitter, um, I realized that would be a really cool handle uh, to do it. in. And by that time, I had also like kind of refined the art to a degree that I thought was pretty cool. And so like, uh, then I, I had a cool like profile picture. And then, um, yeah, so I just went with that. And I've had a lot of success with it. It really, I think it disarms some people and it's it's uh it's, it's kind of cool, especially when followed up with a little bit of the art too. I think it really matches. Yeah, I think the, yeah. the it looks really cool. Uh, so you're you're a filmmaker and ufologist from the Pacific Northwest, right? I got that right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so how how'd you get into ufology? Oh, uh, lifelong passion, lifelong passion. I've been really, um, in, I would say, intensely into the field since I was a little kid. Um, I had an experience as a kid. It was more of on a paranormal level, um, but it happened. It was profound, and it happened when I was young, and so it just caused this um, interest, right? And so that same year, basically, I saw like a apparition or something in my in my room when I woke up, uh, and and it was definitely not someone just kind of walking through the room or you know whoever was there, whatever was happening, it was happening to me for me, uh, and it scared the crap out of me. I must have been, I don't know, five or six or whatever. So like. Um, then that same year, like closely thereafter, a classmate of mine was on the show called Sightings. And I, I mean, I was a kid. This is like right when the Fox Network came out. So we had like all these cool shows. And then uh, it just, I couldn't believe that I was seeing my classmate on, on a TV show. It blew my mind. And she ended up talking about the same thing. So in, you know, in, in her world, the same thing was happening. And she drew pictures of them. They were... Um, featured on the show. And then, so I think I became obsessed with that show, probably thinking I would see more of my classmates on there or whatever, uh, but it, it just kind of continued. So, you know, the, the, it's paranormal studies. So everything from aliens to Bigfoot, to uh, uh, ghosts and stuff, I was always fascinated about because it just spoke more to what I had experienced in my own, in my life. So I always stayed up on it and I loved it. Um, I'm always, I was, I'm that friend. I'm sure we all are that friend who talks their buddy's ears off about, you know what I mean, UFOs or whatever, like coming up with theories, long walks home. And he just got like, oh, here we go again. Let's not talk about the pyramids. But I did it. And uh, it was just a lifelong obsession of mine. And it continues to this day. And I, I'm kind of fueled by the answers that you can find by independent research. And so as much as I love like uh, getting fed information and disclosure and all this stuff, it's been rewarding um, just to be able to go out and get your feelers out there and use your own kind of skills and discernment to, to see what you can find. Yeah, for sure. And I actually had a similar experience to what you're describing. Really? Um, yeah. 
yeah and uh you know that's kind of where it started for me too um but at, uh, you know afterwards have you ever had any kind of like ufo sightings or anything after that or or not not really no uh the most profound experience that i had other than seeing that uh that ghost is something that um or apparition i don't know what it was right right whatever uh, it was um and you know shortly after in terms of years like maybe two three years later um i walked into the living room of my, my house and my mom was watching some show and it uh had a pov of a probably per, a person on a bed uh looking up at, at a gray aliens right and uh the sight was so uh jarring to me i almost fainted and it's the only time in my life it's ever happened my my knees gave out i had a flight or fight uh response and i had to to army crawl out of the room and I had to block my vision so I didn't see the screen anymore. It was the single most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. Um, and that always stuck with me. Um, it became hard to kind of like either, you know, it was like, if you have a fear of spiders, you gotta let the spider crawl on you before, you know, you're like, oh, okay, I, I got this. And then, yeah. so that was, it was like that. It was this visceral response. Um, you know, like I liken it to the fear I've seen some people have over spiders or snakes. Where it's you know you could be as big as you want, but if you see the thing you're afraid of, you scream, you drop whatever you're doing, and you'll try to run out of it. So that's the response I had to that. So like, uh, other than that, no, um, no, no, no aliens, no, no craft, uh, nothing really like that at all. So you've been you've been um, you've had a lifelong interest. So uh, you know that's that's kind of a long time, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah. You know, you you you've been more. I mean, I I only came across you more recently uh, when you started putting out uh, these short videos and posting them. Um, you know, what how how did you get involved in like the public space or the the public discourse on UFOs? Oh, so uh, good question. I uh, am a videographer, video director, editor. Um, it's been my uh, my real like work and passion for the last 10, 12 years. Uh, I, I came from film school and just went right into it. I uh, started doing music videos and, and just that was how I made my money. Um, and it was it felt great to be able to kind of grind that way and, and, and work my way up. And since I started, I, I, I realized I was a person who kind of saw the playing field and then wanted to engage on like a level that was more interesting than just day by day. So with the hip hop scene in Portland, I realized I had to kind of like you know, amplify it in order to get the uh, the video work kind of up there. And, and and it worked, you know, like it crescendoed into like, you know, artists kind of being signed, you know, from my city uh, based on their music videos because the, the music video aesthetic was able to erase it enough, you know, it became easy and, and possible um, to get that technology in your hands really make those things. And so like, I had, you know, I've had success in that, in that field and it's the way I, I, I produce art now. So, uh, drawing and drawing all the stuff that I do, like that's a that's something I do as an exercise because I've been drawing since I was a kid. But like when I, if I had to say what kind of artist am I, I, I would say I'm a videographer um, now because I've been doing it for so long and it's how I it's how I think. So when it came down to engaging with UFO uh, Twitter or ufology in general, you know, again I looked at the playing field and I saw that there was just coincidentally right uh, not a lot of great videos coming out that were balanced or that were uh, professionally made or that that gave you a feeling a lot of videos came out and gave you information but not a lot was giving you feelings or like a, you know using cinematics in a way that was i thought was pretty cool 
so that's kind of where it was um and i realized i have this skill there's this whole um let's fill that gap and so i i took the time uh to do it and i just really started to craft these videos in a way that like i thought would speak to me and get my attention uh and of course sorry okay so uh i really wanted to get uh that you know that kind of spotlight on the field uh, and i thought that videography would be the way to do it and since that's my skill i said there must be more than a coincidence here um, there must be more than just chance that i'm here i'm willing to do it there's not a lot of that stuff out and so i just went full bore with it and uh, didn't look back and that's when i started like the youtube channel and the TikTok channel and then just kind of getting videos out when i first started i didn't have that stuff i just i think i was just putting videos out um on my twitter account and they were yeah. getting like 20 views or something right uh but no and i wasn't discouraged i was like okay cool because it was getting support and then they just kind of fed from there um and the encouragement i got from the community is kind of like it's something i've never seen before i've never experienced before i'm always the odd guy out talking about this stuff but then to be like somewhat in the inner circle uh, of people who are thinking about this and, and, and discussing this and engaging with with scientists and stuff like I was just blown away. Like, uh, I just really think that, uh, you know, I'm following somewhat of a calling or somewhat of a, a path that was kind of laid out, you know, based on my history and the uh, and where I want to go. So in that term, and, and that in that sense, I guess that's what I'm doing is kind of just making videos because I can because no one else is doing it. Yeah. And I mean, your videos are fantastic. And again, I, I know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about that feeling, because I, you know, I get the crazy vibes watching a tupacabra production <laughs> uh video Thank man you, you know for, you. for sure um so you know one of the one of the videos that you made is called uh shadows of the invisible sun that's kind of like a 30 minute you know it's i don't know if you call that a full length or or you know i don't know what you consider that but it, you know it's about 30 minutes and it's it's almost like a documentary uh and it's awesome so uh, can you talk about that a little just the like you know how you decided to to put that together the way that you did yeah um Luke, this is kind of a wild story i was watching um ufo garage and uh they had lou elizondo on the on the show and so like uh great guys i love lou and lou started to talk about the soul and he did like the triangle with the square and the circle and it just like I don't know. You know, I think I have been, I was kind of compiling clips already on like consciousness a little bit. But when I saw that, I just thought like, you know, there's something to it. There's, and uh, I just decided to like really put it in, in line. And when I did, I thought it was going to be something like a 10 minute video on like, you know, maybe some loose connections that people were talking. You know, some people are talking about the soul or some people are talking about uh, this unseen world. But then when I started to really dive in, um, I'd watch a clip and it would strike me, holy crap, I've seen something like this 10 years ago. Then I'd go back and watch that find, oh, wow, they say the same thing. And then I just kept doing it. I was like, well, that's fun. You know, this is a fun kind of puzzle. And then I just kept doing it. And I remember I was telling you know, people like uh, uh, peers of mine, like, hey, this might be the longest video I ever make. It might be 10 minutes, it might be 12 minutes. And then when it was over, it was 30. And I just was like, okay, uh, longest we ever made and wasn't even done. 
I just knew that I couldn't like not release it. But yeah, like uh, wanting to get uh, a better understanding of what Jacques Vallée was talking about. When I see him talk and he's like, oh, I would be disappointed if it was just aliens. Like, what do you mean? Because I'd be pumped, you know what I mean? So I was like, what, yeah, what yeah. Is he, what's he talking about? Uh, and then obviously like, you know, personal, like, uh, you know, people of mine, I hold like kind of dear to the topic and also people I use as kind of compasses um, to guide myself through it. Uh, they put science first and stuff like Gary Nolan, right? Uh, uh, Kit Green, uh, even Diana Pasolka, right? Like these people are, are laying breadcrumbs out for us. You know, Lou Elizondo's in there, Sean Cahill, like they're laying these breadcrumbs out for us to kind of follow. Um, and I felt like I, while I was making it, I, f I felt like I was learning something because I was able to understand fully what they were talking about uh, to a higher degree because um, I wasn't just watching it and then sharing the clip or tweeting about it or whatever. I was um, ingesting it and I was integrating it within my network of what I already know. And it became something that I felt I knew more intimately that I could really like, I feel like I could talk to Valet a little bit myself about what this idea is. I'm nowhere, you know what I mean? Only because I grasped the concept a little bit better than I did before. Um, and then, so that's what I did. And then I'll be honest, like, you know, I've been making videos and stuff for so long. I came up with a, uh, my own process of how to edit uh, without, um, how to edit with minimum personal need to change something. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like uh, flow of consciousness style, you know, my hands on the keyboard and the mouse, I've edited so many videos, it's second nature to me. So it's one of those things I can do with uh, the, in the flow state or whatever. And so I find that when I'm not necessarily forcing it or trying to get something to work, when I'm just kind of watching and, and learning and, and grabbing and, and kind of going, you know, like I'll go furious for a night. I won't remember what I did. Wake up the next morning, watch it. Like, whoa, that was lame or whoa, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and that happened a few times during this process. And I remember I'll even watch the video today and I'll come out with like some interesting things that I didn't really know I was putting in there that kind of just work. So I think it kind of built itself once it, the seed was planted. And then I just, it took a lot, everything I knew, everything I had to kind of get it out there and lay it out um, so that people could really kind of see it and feel it. And I can't, like, once I showed it around, I just couldn't believe the, the responses. So I'm still taken aback that people can pull something out of it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the inception. I just wanted to learn more about what they were talking about. And in the process, I taught myself a lot and I thought that I could share that information. It was worthy enough to share. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of heavy concepts in there. Um, you know, they had that uh, Bentoff guy who I have actually never seen a video of him before. Really? Um, yeah, and I, that 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 I can recall. And he's talking about, like the evolution and and the higher self and and uh, you know, fascinating. Um, Do you and, find and, that like uh, not to cut you off, but like, is it interesting how some of these key figures of modern ufology and technology and stuff are actually like mirroring a little bit of what he said it was yeah it was it was um um i can't think it was surreal you know it was you know he's talking about all the schizophrenia and it's funny that they came up in some of the studies that dr gary nolan was doing uh almost the same language yeah almost the same language james that's what's like okay okay yeah it's like uh at a certain point i kind of felt like like a slumdog millionaire 
when he, like he has all these answers and like, well, how'd you get those? And like, there's a story behind it all. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, where are these answers coming from? If you can source the story, it's, it's interesting how like, you know, I hear Gary Nolan talk and, or, or really, you know, Jim Semivan too. Right. And yeah. they're referencing, I'm like, Oh, I know, I know what the Akashic records are, but none of my friends do. Yeah. You know, like I know what remote viewing is. Not, not a lot of people do. So how come I know all this stuff? You know, like, it's just interesting how your interest will kind of guide you through some of that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I like that you included that quote uh, by Diana Pasolka that uh, actually, uh, I believe Ryan Bloodsoe mentioned it on his podcast. That was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, a, um, wait, which quote? The one where it's like the sincerity is like. Um, oh, in the opening, yeah. in the opening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I heard her say that at the Rice conference, right? Um, and it just was really, you know, kind of guiding this idea that like um, we might have a wrong um, uh, map or order of operation for the physical world versus thoughts and stuff. Like we think it goes in a certain way, and it's almost like that quote remind is a good reminder, like you know, your intention, right, and your what you're thinking of and how you're thinking about it might have as much of an effect on your ability to manifest something into reality as your physical ability to do it. So like, right. it just, it, it really puts, um, it put me in the right frame of mind, I guess, to kind of finish the project. And I think I thought it was a good, a good opening quote for that, but yeah. Yeah. No, there was this other quote um, too, that it comes to mind. Yeah. I think this one was on the Ryan Bledsoe podcast and he was saying that he, when he was speaking to her, that that she said something like uh, actually what intuition is is, is it filters truth into your awareness uh so that's like a similar thing which i thought was that was a fascinating perspective right no um, it really is it really yeah. is yeah i love that um, i love that idea yeah and you you had but you had some other um uh, really good short videos like the, I mean, I, it's it's pretty short, but I thought it was so profound. Was the Dorothy Isaac video? Oh yeah, not a lot of people talk about Dorothy Isaac. Oh man, and I think she's like one that. of the, she's like such a prime example of an experiencer in you know in the modern UFO culture, if we can call it that, or just modern day experiencer, where her story wasn't really tampered with. Um, you know, thanks to I guess partially uh, Dr. Jalen. Jay Allen Hynek's advice to her to just like stay away from the UFO community a little, not let people kind of uh, impose their thoughts and ideas onto her story. Um, but is it what's the background behind you creating that short, um, the short film on that? Uh, somehow or another, I think it was through like uh, a mutual friends. I was shown the uh, capturing the light video. Yeah. And I recalled, you know, because I was always on Unsolved Mysteries and all this other stuff as a kid, I recalled the story. Yeah. Um, and so watching it now in this new light, I, it really stuck with me. And certain stories have stuck with me. Um, and I just, that's where my compass goes. So Dorothy Isaac, Chris Bledsoe, these are stories that like, to me are, uh, hit all these marks in my mind where I'm like, this is, might be important. And so, like, I, I really love talking about Dorothy Isaac, but not a lot of people knew what it was about. And so I just created this TikTok account and I was putting out short form videos and I just couldn't think of a better subject to cover for a quick little, did you know about this woman? 
And uh, my, you know, I have I have long term goals in the field, um, but also as a as a videographer and as a filmmaker, uh, Dorothy Eyes. That's one of those films that needs to get made. The documentary is great, but I'm always going to be pushing that to be in the in the mainstream circle because if if I don't make it, I want someone else to make it or get the chance to, because it's just one of those things where. UFO stories, you know, the one that got me really into it uh, was Travis Walton. And I think I must have been in second grade when that came out. And I just. That fire in the sky film. Yeah, it just it took me. I remember getting in trouble in class because, it's you know, we were told to journal or something. And I would just draw these pictures from the trailer and like write out what the trailer, you know, I mean, it was when I look back on it, it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I my parents about it. Pretty bizarre. But like I was obsessed with it. And then like to find out later on that the that his actual story differs from the movie in some key ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and some people might see that those key ways are irrelevant. Let's say the look of the ship on the inside. Okay. Maybe that's irrelevant. I don't think so. Um, the, the presence of human beings or yeah. humanoids in, in the experience. I think that's pretty relevant. Uh, the fact that there was this weird uh, loss of space that like he was felt like he was in a hangar that was on another like, situation. It wasn't really in depth. So you walk away from that movie and you're like, wow, these aliens are coming down grabbing people, covering them in brown goo, and then like dropping them off naked uh, yeah. days later. Like, that's a bummer, dude. Like, I get it, but like, it doesn't make me feel like there could be a spiritual element or anything personal involved in this process at all. In fact, it just felt like it was super traumatic for Travis and it was something he wished never happened. Well, now you look at Dorothy Isaac and you look at uh, Chris Bledsoe and how other people have integrated these experiences in their lives and you realize like, Wow, these there could be a, a spiritual aspect or a, a a different aspect to these things. And if you study dreams and symbology, you know that like every one of those details matters. Whatever you walked away with matters. And to exclude those from a story um, just because it doesn't fit the mainstream narrative that was kind of for uh, foretold to us by like you know powers that be. It's like okay, well they're you know, let's not avoid that anymore. Maybe now's the time to really dive into the the conscious spiritual aspect of the phenomena. And Dorothy Isaac's just like a really good vehicle to do it because she's very sincere. She didn't ever ask for any money. Um, her evidence is is deep, profound, epic. The the collection it speaks for itself. What do they What do they say? Thirty thousand feet of film. Um, yeah. There are like a lot of other um, uh, supporters she has too. That are getting the word out there so i just say like if i have a platform if i have a way to create content that other people can't do if i could bring attention to something stories like dorothy isat are the stories i think i want to tell yeah and i i think again that's a fantastic short one that everybody should watch and uh yeah i i'm looking forward to doing more kind of like videos like that man because uh again i think it kind of brings it back to life um in a way and again Absolutely. there's yeah, and there's and there's people like like you're saying that that don't know about Dorothy Isaac even within like the UFO community, you know, and it's like a prime example case of like what people should be aware of, you know. Um, uh, another another really cool video you did. Uh, obviously, it's going to be controversial to a lot of people. Is the the hybrid theory video? Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. 
I love it because I don't necessarily believe in it. You know what I mean? But it's content that was out and I just freaking like love John Ramirez. I don't know why. I think the guy's super chill. I like his presentation. I like how he delivers information. Um, and I thought that his appearance on like uh, some shows, he was getting a little, get some like pushback a little bit. I thought it was cool. He handled it well. And, and he sourced a lot of the stuff. So I was like watching a lot of different things. And it kind of, if I were to say, uh, let's prove him right, I started to grab clips that would be kind of like, well, what's he talking about? Like, could this be real? Is John Ramirez uh, off base? Or is there something that could be, you know, held on to this? Oh, this is a pretty solid theory, not the one I buy. But if you wanted to source it, you could. And so I did. And I just started to grab clips that one could argue, hey, maybe we're hybrids. Maybe there are hybrids out there. It's a common yeah. thing that keeps popping up with them abductions and stuff. So yeah, it's not totally off base. But it is yeah, controversial. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's highly controversial. Um, and you, you said you don't subscribe to it, right? Per, oh, per, I think I'd have to see a lot more. Like there's, um, right. you know, like, there's certain parts of the phenomenon, parts of this lore, and parts of the, these experiences, I think, that are uh, all-consuming and for me. And so, like, some stuff I have to kind of keep at arm's length so that I don't find myself, you know, digging for reptilians and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I think that uh, it's appropriate as a filmmaker or, let's say, a content creator to kind of get a roundabout idea of subjects and then kind of dive in later on if you wanted to dive in. So maybe as more information comes out, I'll be able to make more content and maybe make sense of it myself. But for now, it seems like it is a cool idea and one that we should always have our eyes on. But I can't personally say like, that's that's happening for sure. I need to see more. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, you included parts of the um the telefactoring in in um the um shadows of the invisible sun and then you kind of did a solo video on that uh which I, I thought was awesome so um what what made you decide to do a solo video on the the telefactoring the the decoding nolan video oh uh i woke up and the thought struck me and i did it and so i just was like I think I understand this concept more than some people um, because I invested time in, in, in it. I invested time in trying to think about it. And so I didn't, maybe I didn't understand it better, but maybe I understood how to express it in a way that would get other people to understand, you know, to kind of be on board. So I gave it a shot and I just tried to run it through. Um, I realized, you know, like kind of a roundabout how fast I wanted the video to be, uh, but that like, you know, I'm, I'm basically riffing off of someone I saw that made sense to me. And so I just, for the first time ever, recorded myself. I've never, ever done that in my life. Uh, I hope to do one again soon. I'm just doing so much stuff right now. It's like, but I do want to get get in there and keep making more content um, and finding different things to talk about. Uh, and it that's that's why I made it. I thought that I got it. And I just thought that it was, I, if I could explain it under like 15 minutes, it might be doing a service to both Nolan and his fans and the in the conversation as a as a whole and some i think some people got something out of it i don't yeah, know I, I mean i i i really enjoyed it i thought it was a great way to kind of highlight this concept that is you know that could be very important to 
you know, the phenomenon. Um, so I thought it was a good job. And um, thank you. It was great Appreciate to see that. you. It was great to see you, you know, in a video. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. I think people can relate once they see you. Yeah. Um, and I hope you do more of those, man. Thank um, you, man. Thank but, you know, so kind of theme um, in, in some of your your videos and, and the documentaries and stuff, uh, the short videos is, uh, you know, kind of the, some of the consciousness stuff. Right. Um, it's something I realize, and yeah. I, you know, again, sometimes in, in ufology, there's camps or, or whatever, but you're, you're definitely open to the, the ideas of consciousness. Um, you know, so what is, what's your, what's your take on that personally? Uh, like the consciousness aspect regarding UFOs and ufology and the phenomenon. I think that. I don't want to catch a lot of flack for this. You know, this is just, you know, if I had to boil it all, all the way down and say, well, someone's like, make a statement. What do you think? Yeah. I'm, of, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that um, it's, it's as likely, and maybe I, it'll sound weird to say likely if people haven't even considered this before, but uh, I think that it's likely that there are um, processes in our natural world that allow for beings, creatures, whatever you want to call it, intelligences, uh, to trans to transit between whatever we're separated by. And sometimes I feel like our thoughts are much stronger than we give them credit for, and that we don't know where the thoughts themselves are even coming from, or how they how they get into our body, our brain, and how we kind of get those thoughts out with our hands into the real world. So I think that there might be an element to this that I won't say there are some of these craft or beings or whatever are necessarily projections from our own mind, but that they are from a place that is not necessarily physical or as physical as we are right here, but they're as real. And some of them might be using our consciousness uh, as a vehicles in which to get into this world. And so we have a lot of um, examples, I think, that come and can back some of this stuff up. And we don't have a lot of hardcore proof of nuts and bolts things. But the, I think, in my opinion, one of the most compelling pieces of evidence that you can look at or, or areas of evidence is in the experiences themselves. And, you know, in that sense, the reality is, is undeniable when you talk to people who've experienced this stuff before. And so I, I say, for me, the most real aspects of this are in our minds and the most unreal and intangible pieces of this are in the physical world. we got chunks of metal. we got videos on pixels, you know what I mean? Uh, but really the, the strongest effector in these, what are they, a biosensor of a human being to say, okay, this is how I'm changed by this, right? People's lives are changed by this. Um, their homes aren't changed. They don't get bigger rims on their car. Their, their souls are changed, their being has changed. And in that sense, I say like, that's the avenue to look, that's the place to investigate. And that's the uh, the start, that's the home base, that's the start, starting point. Everything else should, should branch off from there. And if you, and, and that's my opinion. Uh, I don't think that if you're studying abductions or you're looking at nuts and bolts, or if you're looking for landing sites, you're wasting time, no. But I do think some of these things might be side effects of like, a, 
proof of how strong our minds and how strong the, the whatever the pool of consciousness that we're all from that we're all tapping into that might be stronger than we think and that kind of ties into diana pasoko's like the quote uh sincerity is the path to material progress that like you have to want it and feel it it has to be real in your mind before you can make it real out in the world and so what does that say you know and in my opinion that says like it's your mind that makes things real um and so why are these quasi real objects out there why are they showing up to people with these heightened senses of intuition and strong uh you know basal ganglia cauda and lipitae whatever that is right it controls REM sleep it controls a lot of stuff it's your it, it's 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 there it might be the physical connection to a higher self it might be the channel in which we're talking to our higher selves from and so it's guiding us through all these you know wild scenarios but why you know and how can it do it and so those are the questions i think are the most important in this field and i think that those are the things we need to be diving into which is why i think like you know human initiated contact is so interesting to me um i think like you know intuition and studies of dreams are so interesting to me because we're going to get our answers from there that's just how i feel yeah and um do you think do you think that um ufo intelligence if i can use that term uh, represents a um another form of intelligence what do you mean ufo intelligence uh that intelligence is behind the ufo phenomenon oh so and i and I, I'm, I'm saying like okay even even if we're talking about a situation where at the end of the day all of consciousness is a singularity sure. um and then everything is a is a is a step down manifestation into separate parts all right sure. so let's let's say we have that on the table sure. uh do you do you think that the ufo uh, some ufo intelligence is 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 another intelligence that's possibly physical possibly not physical in the way that we think of it but uh, a separate intelligence in a sense yes i do i think that there's uh, uh equally likely that there's a foreign agents here um yeah. working for their own means to do their own thing but still you know maybe sometimes ignorant of human beings but maybe sometimes in in you know in tandem with them you know what i mean like you know for this or that reason uh, the variety might be mind blowing to us the the lack of of one answer might be a problem for some people but i do think that there's you know whatever however complicated and diverse our own biosphere here is you know it's life things can if things can eat it it will it will eat it if if something's out there that can survive and, and live there it will live there this is like the natural flow of life you know like the path of least resistance it, it will happen um so in my opinion like if there's another biosphere out there if there's another uh you know realm right even if it's outside of a, even if it's on a planet or let's say it's not physical so it's independent of our physical time space you know to some degree right it might not have to reproduce the same way or consume matter the same way to eat but it's got it needs energy it, it, that's a fact right yeah and, it, and then so like you know there are and it, that must create a complicated biome right for its own thing where it has its own purposes and everything else too so I do think that some things are are extensions of our own personal self. Some of the th phenomenon we're seeing are uh, revealing uh, the network we're in here. But I also think that there's a good chance that some of what we're seeing are foreign 
agents or foreign actors coming in for whatever reason. We, we would have some other reasons too. If we had access to other worlds or access to other planets, we would go there. Yeah. We would exploit those. We would figure it out. If we found a resource there we wanted or, you know, whatever, a cool, cute animal we, we could put, turn as a pet, we would do it. And so in that sense, like, you know, why put it against or above or anybody else to like kind of find those same resources here? Yeah. And if you, if you had to pick like one, one of like the coolest theories for uh, what represents UFO intelligence, whether it be, you know, the ETH extraterrestrial hypothesis or hyperdimensionals or, or, or what have you, do you have a favorite? Yeah. I think that uh, one of my favorite is uh, that they're uh, uh, angels or demons, that yeah. they are representing um, this archetypal figure this part natural part of our experience as human beings or souls on earth and that these things are uh part of this order that you know like white blood cells or something you know something and they they have their own role their own job to do and they do that um and that's interesting to me because it's so human centric you know yeah. what i mean yeah, oh they're, here, sure. they're they're not here for the water they're not here because they want you know, a new planet to live on they're literally here to control your life and they want to guide, you know what i mean and they want to guide you or prevent you or control you in some way uh based on another system that's higher even than them that's fascinating to me you know what i mean that's something yeah. i always keep my ear open for because as a lifelong ufologist that did not enter my brain not once i was an atheist uh, i was a proud atheist like i didn't explore this i would never have um on my free time and so I love new ideas and I love being able to hold conflicting ideas at the same time. I liken it to like stereoscopic vision. You know what I mean? You need to have two different POVs in order to kind of see this thing in 3D. And I think like that's the funnest one I've come across. It's like, holy yeah. crap. It's, oh, that's, is that what they were talking about back in the day? Is that an angel? Yeah. Horrifying. I mean, it's definitely a very loaded one in the sense where it holds yeah. so much weight for people, especially oh, like, Lord. The, like, like the Collins elite, right? The people yeah. that are, you know, were allegedly suppressing uh, this kind of information and disclosure uh, because they believe it's a demonic force, you know, which, which yeah. in, in some sense, they might not be entirely wrong. Uh, and, and the sense where it's like, that's, that might be one way you can describe it. Right. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, know, again, the, uh, there is that, that was funny to find out that there's a faction within the, within the groups, right. That are yeah. like, so uh hyper christian or so like traditional or they just feel what they feel and they say this is demonic we can't do this i love it yeah i love it because it's 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 tackling a technological you know socio like impactful thing in this like traditional lens and as a society we've gone away from that lens and so like that that lens is as limited and as weird and as cruel as it was and is and continues to be in some in a lot of senses it got us it got us here people thinking spiritually is kind of important and in, in, in throwing the baby out with the bathwater. uh you know you might not like religious practices but look at the data that they have there's a lot and it's and it says a lot so like if there are people who have access to that data and they are coming out and saying nope or yep like i say listen to them figure out what they're talking about and why they come from that perspective because it's as likely that these are demons or whatever right 
as they are angels and everybody has their own, you know, right. camp or whatever. So. Yeah. I mean that because the word is just as a matter of interpretation. Yeah. You know? Yes. So one yeah. person's demon is another's uh, extraterrestrial or alien and, and, and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, and just somebody and else's really, spirit guide. Yeah. <laughs> and something I'm, I'm starting to kind of see now too, is that these things are gifting us information. They're gifting us data and they're gifting us technology and the, through ideas if valley is right and what they're showing us right is just inspiration to get like to that point then they're leading us down some pathway and like but fine they can it's still up to a human being to make the choice to build it to make the choice to go that way to make the choice to like construct it or, or to to feed that that thing and then once they get that tool that weapon they can figure out what to do with it and it's still always going to be up to a person and like i think that's one of the dangers of coming at this thing from like angels demons is because it could rob us of our own blame and our own like role here because it and that's where i think the collins elite is or anyone uh suggesting caution i think is smart because if you're aware of the risks of what could be happening you're kind of better off yeah um just to switch gears a little to um the your your documentary it it ended on a on a note and it was talking about miracles and so is it is that the part two is going to be called miracles yeah yeah it's almost done oh really yeah so uh, uh i have the first 10 minutes is uploaded on my patreon and uh and so like i just wanted to see if it was going to vibrate and so right now it's kind of and it did a lot of people loved it it, it, it it's helped out a lot uh, just in terms of encouragement to like let me know I'm on the right track. Um, and so what it, it covers is just, you know, events that are unexplainable. And Dorothy Isaac's in there. All right. Like uh, I included the episode of sightings, the segment um, from my classmate. Um, and she has this entire story in her life and it tragically like in high school. Like it was just a it's a very uh interesting thing to tie together um but yeah the miracle right would be like unexplainable events that imply to me that there's a fabric or a structure here that we don't know about that we've mislabeled a lot of stuff and the idea is like reframing um both you know kind of scary phenomena and like interesting phenomena as a miracle and then trying to reframe like the word miracle outside of like oh god has kind of done something great and then just kind of reframing it as like something weird has happened here. something unexplainable has happened here and i think in, i'm reframing the miracle uh as a sign of a narrative structure of the of life of the universe that there's a story we're laid out to play and that if we ever veer off too far then these miracles happen and unexplainable barriers start to pop up or unexplainable uh, slides start to pop up and you just go, oh, I'm going faster now in this direction. You know what I mean? Like, and so in that sense, like that's how I'm trying to reframe the word um, and how I'm using it in the title, but it's, it's almost done. I'm, I'm doing my best to like to grind at it, but I got a lot of, like a lot of sticks in the fire at the same time. So um, yeah, I think maybe by mid, mid-august there might be there might be a release for that thing is it going to be is it also going to be around a half hour long 
when complete? Um, it could be longer. It could be 45. It could be 45 minutes. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, the longer the better, I think, in, in right? this case, because I love the Thank your videos. You. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I, there's going to be a part three as well. And so, like, my goal for part three has always been um, to get my camera out and to go out and then to talk to people, um, to talk to to the people that I'm talking to or that whose who's clips I'm editing. Like, I'm trying to schedule out, uh, you know what I mean, a, a trip, basically, to figure out who I can talk to across the country and, and maybe moments and times where everyone will be together in one space, whether it be a symposium or whatever, a convention. But my goal is to get out there, interview everyone, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to name any names. I don't want to jinx myself. Yeah. But everybody yeah. that's in my film so far, those are the people I want to talk to, including like, you know, even the, the podcasters and stuff and people who've had these experiences and get them on camera and really like dive in. Uh, because I think like as fun as it is to edit clips together, uh, it'd be really cool to put a cherry on top of like, wow, this really set the stage and control everything, every aspect of that part three. So it was a full cinematic experience. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I, you know, I wish there was something like that. Um, um, but again, to switch gears now, we've been talking a lot about the phenomenon. Um, did, did you, you, did you make that graphic, the hitchhiker graphic? Yeah. You, yeah. you drew that I, yeah. or you put that, that, yeah, that thing is really cool. Um, Thanks, man. yeah. So can you explain that for people a little? Yeah. So this is the one that kind of has like the three stages of like the, the hitchhiker effect and how I think it could happen. Okay. So, um, it dawned on me that if you're a re sympathetic resonance, you know, two tuning forks tuned to the same, you hit one, the other one's gonna vibrate. If it's tuned, if they're tuned differently, they won't do that, period. You can't get it to, to resonate sympathetically. I'm a musician, made sense to me, I get it. Listening and listening and listening, finding clips for videos, understanding like, wow, the hitchhiker effect seems to be, a, you know, is it a virus? You know what I mean? How is it attaching to people? What's going on there? Um, thinking back on my own experience, how I thought, like, it just made sense. Like I said, I saw a woman standing in my room staring at me when I was a kid. I, I knew that that person wasn't real. I knew that it wasn't a real person. I knew that it, that, I wasn't seeing something that I could explain. It was so unexplainable that even at, at six, I couldn't talk about. It. I didn't want. I wasn't like, "Oh, mom, I saw that." I knew better than to say it because I knew that I saw something. Really, it wasn't some tall tale. At the same time, my classmates seeing something very similar. I moved out of the house. I found out that my mom was seeing more stuff in the house. She wouldn't tell me what we were living with. Then I watched like a, a another documentary. Or just. There's, there's ways that information affects us that I don't think we really get. And so looking at how certain people have these experiences and then it changes their vision, it changes their, their, their perception over time and how like people could come to Skinwalker and just kind of be in proximity of some of these people and some of these things. The concept of sympathetic resonance was the only thing that was starting to uh, reoccur in my imagination. That there was like this thing, you know? tune it you flick it and now this thing is vibrating and i'm like well why is it why 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 some people why not some other people and this idea that like what gary's talking about 
you know, uh, there's this part of the brain, you know, we don't know if it's consciously affected, which Ben Tobin and Nolan both said, you know, there are yogis and stuff that can consciously uh, affect their sensory, their senses, so that way they can see more and become aware of more stuff. So there's clearly an element there, you can willfully do it. But like Ben Tobin said, it probably happens spontaneously all the time. And so looking at those things and seeing how like, my, maybe my proximity with certain people, and after seeing certain things, you know, maybe I have a biological, some people have a biological um, proclivity, right, or hyperactive thing that like, now you've been visited by something, and it purposefully, willfully, biologically gets your uh, basal ganglia or whatever, it gets it going. And now that's what triggers what Nolan talked about, this hyperactivity, like this thing. It wasn't dead space. You know, when they scanned their brain, they didn't know what it was. And then now they know it's hyperactivity. There's a lot of activity going on there. And so it's just like, wow, what if this thing was resonated um, because it became it came in close contact with something unknowable or whatever, a hyperdimensional being. That itself, the hyperdimensional being, in order to be perceived, is also vibrating at a certain frequency or whatever. So then you have this thing becomes present to you. It makes itself aware to you. And it's it's purposefully or maybe remotely uh, stimulating that part. And based on the fact that that part of the brain is also psychic or dealing with consciousness or non-physicality, now if you're in close proximity with other people, if they also have that same biological you know, proclivity to this effect, then it could be possible to get their brain stimulated as well just by being in, in, around them. and so now if you're if your brain's kind of doing that i thought that would explain both how you can start to see things hear things that you know, people aren't hearing people aren't seeing and just becoming aware of stuff and that fear and that like fight or flight that kind of will pick up around that time might amplify it even more and then it just becomes its, its own cycle where once you see it it, it kicks on your brain it's going, it's going, it's going. And then if you're around other people who also have it, because it's non-local and non-physical, you don't have to like literally shake them to vibrate them at that frequency. But whatever psychic or conscious energy is coming off of our mind might be able to stimulate other people's too. So that's kind of where I got the idea from. And then as I was making it, I just listened to more experiences and talked to more people on it. It sounded more and more right. Yeah. At least, yeah. At least as a visual aid. I thought, I think it's a really cool way to express those ideas. I mean, and again, like everything you just said in a few minutes, you kind of look at the image and you're like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Like within a few seconds. Yes. That's the, you know? that was the hope. I don't have yeah. to explain it a lot. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's really cool. So I'm glad that you're putting these tools together for researchers, you know, because even again, somebody who might be researching this 20 years um, could hear the information, but when they see it, they're like, ah, you know what I mean? um they they it finally clicks uh so that that stuff is really helpful um I'm, i hope that it's helping people like it helps me but it's cool like it's just interesting to have a platform with so many different um i can you know i can inject uh, so many different types of information into it uh, you know i mean and i have all these ideas it's just really cool that it's being well received and that it actually has like it can yeah it's doing its job of summing up co complicated things in short form that's that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did want to to shortly discuss, uh, you know, this the this big loaded term called disclosure, right? 
it's something that, that comes up a lot, uh, the idea of disclosure and kind of everything we're seeing unfold now. Um, you know, when you hear the, the term disclosure and, 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 you know, considering the forward movement there's been in the field of, you know, UFOs and, and you know, UAP confirmation, uh, what are your thoughts on disclosure uh, overall? And do you think do you think what we're seeing is like a gradual disclosure? Yeah, I think that um, the American culture is so big and vast. The population is so com complex. Uh, we we all fall on a scale um, of of a thousand different things, and when you look at something like ufology or UFOs or or, or our place in the universe or whatever. There's no one way to do it. There's no one way to do it without causing a lot of shock with people and a lot of scare. I mean, I'm not talking about oh, aliens are real and they're going to freak out and go by guns. It's not even like that. You know what I mean? If what they reveal is like, hey, your soul's real. We have proof. That'll yeah. mess people up. You know, it's going to it's going to cause a lot of stuff. And if I were the government, if I were the powers that be, I would create a thousand different options for a thousand different types. And I'd create a scale uh, for which they can kind of follow along. And I feel like the, the, the knowledge of the unseen, the knowledge of, of all this stuff, this, this gnosis, this mystery school type information has been kept from most people because it's yeah. not something that keeps them alive. And so what the idea looks like is like, this is going to become part of our life soon. Um, and it will become part of our survival, part of our, our the way we consume energy, the way we want to pass that down, our, our DNA, our information. Like it's going to be integrated with us in such a way that that becomes digestible for everybody. Um, but how do you do it? And so I think disclosure um, is not for the diehard, lifelong ufologist per se. Disclosure is for the people who are at the water cooler who never thought about this ever in their life. And now they need to be told that it's real. And so like, I think everybody has their own definition of it. And we all expect like to see bodies and to see like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah the and bodies. Yeah. They want to, yeah. right? Because I think yeah. this is like a lifelong hobby for people too. It's not necessarily a, a field of, of investigation and education for everyone. People are like Bigfoot hunters and shit. Like they want that, they want that craft. They want this thing. And they've been talking it up for so long and it's like you know i'd like you know i just it's a personal relationship i'm not a christian i'm not uh a per se i'm not a religious person but some of these allegories and stuff they really ring true here which is like you know when when people thought that uh that like the second their their messiah was coming they expect that person to like behead their enemies with a flaming sword. And that's how they're gonna be like, that's my new guy, that's the guy. He did what I thought he was gonna do. So that's the truth. And it's and then what you get is someone who's not like that. What you get is something that's like, it counters all your expectations. Um, and, and then if you reject that thing, because it's not what you thought, you can pass up a good thing. And so like, I always wonder like, you know, are we setting up ourselves here with this huge expectation of like what we want it to be? And then when it, when it truth comes out that it's more subtle, but more profound, you know, but not as nuts and bolts, but not a whatever. When, when that truth comes out, are people just going to ignore it? Like, no, that's not what that was. And I think so. And so I think with, with disclosure, we're best to just say, like, to acknowledge that if you're in this field, if you're on UFO Twitter, if you're like 
in it at all, you're probably way ahead, you know, years ahead of other people. But why would Congress, right, who's designed to take care of everyone, why would they come in here and talk to you as a ufologist and be like, you were going to dissect all these things and we're going to talk about these craft. It's like, no, they're going to, in the public arena, it's going to be tackled on a much slower timescale because they're dealing with people who never thought about it before. So I think it's time for the people who want disclosure to work for it. The people in the field who want, you know, to know more, to talk about it more. That's why I do all the things I do. That's why I draw those charts. That's why I make those videos. That's why I'm engaged in conversation because disclosure is in our hands. It's not in anybody else's hands. Lou Elizondo is doing his best to get every, everybody on board. Like there's, there's clearly efforts made by people to get, you know, to get us all here. Um, but at the same time, like if you're at the front of the class, right? We're there. We're in the front of the class. We're in the we're in the the honors program, right? We don't need to go get everybody on our page. We should be coming up with our own field trips. We should be, you know, what I mean, investigating our own stuff, coming up with our own content, starting our own newspaper. Like if we're so far ahead of it, we should be talking amongst ourselves. Um, we shouldn't necessarily be waiting for the drip feed, you know, so that everyone knows what you know. They're not going to know. They're not going to be familiar with all the documents. And half of those documents aren't going to be included in the conversation. They're just not. And so like, yeah. to think that you need all these things validated, fully, man, good luck. But I, I do think that there's a need and a, and a desire for quote-unquote disclosure. But for the people in the front of the class, I think we could be doing our own thing more often. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, just a kind of off the rails question um what are you what are your thoughts on crash retrievals oh dig them up dig yeah. them up uh, <laughs> if they're there <laughs> dude things are crashing fine. yeah uh i i don't know what i hate to quote bob lazar right but uh because i don't know what the story is all about but i do think one of the most interesting aspects of it is that he cited one of these craft that he saw that clearly came from an archaeological dig that's where I think we need to be looking. We need to be yeah. digging. I think that there's, I think we're going to find some interesting stuff if we start to really uncover the history of human beings, where we came from, why we're here, what we've been doing, and how deep our history goes. And so to think that like you could dig one up is really cool. Uh, to think that you could shoot one down, pretty wild, but I'm into it. And uh, yeah, so if there's, if anything crashes, we should retrieve it. And if there is any um, historical docs or historical record of anything kind of like being buried or uncovered, we should be in that too. Yeah, sure. And uh, interesting. And again, I don't. I'm not quoting Gary uh, Nolan on this. He he just put it out as a hypothetical, and he doesn't like when people mince his words. But uh, he said, "Yeah, what if it's just a throwaway and they don't even need it? And once it's done, it's just it's it's basically waste, you know." So he it's it, you know he was just oh, trying to say. I love it. Yeah, he was just trying to say, it. "Hey, listen, there's more perspectives out there than that that are usually talked about." I think that's what he was trying to get yes. across. Yeah, you but know? I really like that line of thinking. I mean, he kind of yeah. dove into it too in the, in his tweets, and it's really interesting how it's true. Uh, if you were to, if you needed to traverse this long space, and you just needed some, you know, recon done, like I wonder if you could create like a body, a robot right. body, right, um, where you could remotely control it yeah where you you know you don't have to like be there 
and it's an AI, but it doesn't have to relay via technology information back, you know, through satellites or whatever, all the way back to its home planet or home world or whatever. If you could remote access it through remote viewing and kind of like gain control of this thing, there's probably no time loss, right? That's what we're told. Um, and there's no distance that can't be traveled through this remote viewing technique. So it's like the telefactor something in there. And then like uh, this idea, like they're, that their drones kind of is cool. Yeah. Um, that they're unmanned is really cool. Uh, and then I'm fascinated with the telefactoring idea that they could somehow be equipped with sensors to seek out uh, and find people who've gained a certain level of uh, neural strength or bandwidth that could like then be accessed. So this device could just be looking for a universal beacon based on a sensitivity to a certain signal. And once that signal is achieved, then it could telefactor in uh, using consciousness a vague and universal message, right? That could be then perceived by the by the person with that bandwidth, with the highway to them now, in a way that they would somehow digest. And maybe not always perfectly, and maybe not always the same, but if it was a vague enough message, right? Uh, then you could really tap into that. Like you could tap into like, oh, their skill set of painting or their skill set of this or that. I think it'd be super chill. Like yeah. that's a really cool, that's a really cool line of thinking because then you could start to do stuff like, well, what signal accesses, stimulates the basal ganglia? Like what does it? And then you can now send out sensors for that signal and see like, hey, there's this spot in the sky above Skinwalker Ranch that's kind of pumping this signal out. And it's stimulating people's base. You know what I mean? Like there's, oh, okay, now we can find out what they're doing. Um, you know, how are these UFOs remote accessing people? That, that kind of idea, that kind of thought frame, I think would get us into a, a cool realm of research if we wanted to go that route. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's fascinating. Um, just, um, for for people listening what what are, you said you mentioned you're doing the miracles documentary and then actually something after that um do you, are there any other projects you're working on that you're even able to work on yeah so i'm also editing a film uh, right now it's a it's a ufo documentary for the ufo garage these guys are great and the film is coming out like great these guys did a lot of work and and i'm just really pleased to be part of it so that's kind of like a longer term one um the one I want to focus on right now the most uh, is this timeline project that I yeah. do. And so, like, to me, like, it just got the most amount of traction. People really responded to it very, very, like, you know, instantly. And so, you know, I kind of want to go uh, down that, like, line um, and really dive into it because I would hate to have it be this halfway finished project since it spoke to so many people. And so, like, the, the charts I do are cool. The graphs are cool. The videos are cool. Um, but this is something that I think could be etched in time um, and be a very good visual learning tool and, and you know, for the future or for us right now. Uh, so I really want to get that off the ground. So um, it's really a matter of kind of wrapping that up, finishing the timeline, creating an open source thing to keep punching in data over time, but to kind of get a site up and let people kind of like explore it and navigate it as I do it. Right. Uh, and so. That's the that's my goal. Uh, that's the biggest one. I think I'm going to start to work on now, um, and hopefully I can get that kind of finished over the course of time. But um, so there's that timeline project, and then obviously short form videos. I do want to keep doing charts and like cool like ways for people to dissect information. 
Um, and I'm also just doing my best to network uh, with, I think, some of the, the strongest proponents of the you know, in the field right now. And so I'm kind of trying to gain access and, and, and book interviews and get more um, discussions going, you know what I mean, about it. So I think that's what kind of, I, what you could sum up a lot of the projects as is they're just conversation starters and things to kind of keep it, keep it moving. And so, uh, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for the timeline project. I'll be pumping that out like crazy. And then, uh, yeah, just the videos and stuff as they come out. Yeah, sure. And where, where can people find all your work? Uh, videos, YouTube and TikTok. Check it out. Some stuff lands on TikTok. It doesn't land on YouTube. Uh, and then also UFO Twitter. Find me on Twitter, Tupacabra, because uh, that's a really cool home base for the community. And that's what I'm using now to kind of get a lot of work out. Yeah. And I'm going to, for people listening, I'm going to have links in the show notes and I'm going to have links in the YouTube. Um, and just for the audience, Tupacabra, Sam, some parting words for anybody on this path. Oh, stay on it. Stay on it. Don't let other people dictate to you how you should or shouldn't look into this a personal relationship you're going to have with the phenomena. The more you let people dictate how you should see it, how you should feel it, how you should perceive it, the more you're going to be relying on them to digest information for you that in the end will be proven to be very personal and very, very catered to you as a, in your experience, the person. So like come up with a personal relationship with it, investigate it for your own reasons and be able to take criticism and uh and also discouragement when you find out a theory is wrong or you know a person you thought was your hero you know is i don't know just live it up it's not a personal thing to attack anybody on but just you know dive in with your full heart and like let's see what happens a lot of cool stuff can really happen yeah for sure and again i, I appreciate so much you coming on i think you're a very uh gifted creator in the space uh and you know again i love all your stuff and i'm looking forward to everything that you talked about that's going to be coming out so thank you so much for coming on and thank you, I hope, yeah for sure man i hope to speak to you again soon man likewise man likewise i'll be around all right take care buddy you too you too